welcome to the Film Geezers Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Film Geezers <laughs> Batman Special. Ah, oh, Batman. No. <laughs> I'm Robo. <laughs> As always, I'm joined by the boy wonder himself. Cheetah. Oh, so I get to be Robin and yeah. No one wants to be Robin, do they? No. So, yeah, do you want to get it out of the way? You, you've already done yours. I'm Batman. <laughs> I'm so sorry to whoever's <laughs> listening to this. Um, as you may have guessed by now, we're doing a Batman special. We're going to do it in two parts. This part, we're going to deal with the 80s, 90s films. So, Burton, Keaton, Schumacher, uh, just the initial um, Warner Brothers yeah. uh, franchise, so yeah. Well, I just forgot his name, Kilmer yeah. and Clooney. Yeah. So um, before we start, I mean, my my only real introduction to Batman mm. was the the 1960s TV show. Yeah. I'm not um, never read a Batman comic book. Um, they were still showing that TV series in the 80s. I remember. Yeah. On sort of morning TV. Um, and that was the Adam West very campy um, Batman yeah so I, th- I don't know I can't remember now um, the 98 uh, sorry the 80 the 89 one uh, I did see in the cinema but I, I can't remember it's difficult to go back and, and remember what, what the feeling was like at the time yeah. the hype surrounding it I guess because this is the first live action Batman film Um I know you've got some information about it. Well, I know there was a... Uh, in a couple of years after... Because Batman first appeared in the, in Detective Comics 27, I believe. And that was 1939, I, I believe. You've, you've done some research. Um, and there was a couple... Um, back in the day, they used to have a certain... They used to have different formats in cinemas. And Batman started out as a... It was a theatrical release, but it was a serial... So yeah. people would. Well, I remember that. Um, that used to be on on TV as well. Yeah. Um, and I think it was the fifties, wasn't it? Was the fifties. There was one. There was one when it first came out, which was the serial, which was the forties. And then yeah, there was one time there was oh. it's similar to like um, Buck Rogers and Flash yeah. Gordon and the Rock King, you know, the Rocket Man. And then, like you said, there was there was a film in the fifties. Was there? Right. But the the Adam West one was the first yeah. like. Uh, theatrical like feature film of Batman because I seem to remember the, the Batman in the 40s serial yeah um, he just used to drive around in a normal car didn't have any special equipment or gadgets no. or anything so yeah like I said it, it the serial was was only a couple of years after the comics come out so you know you think you didn't have much development really not as much definitely not as much as we have nowadays so maybe he just wasn't fully developed as a character then but yeah this 1989 one was the first obviously the Adam West one came before but this was the real introduction like you said to Batman for most Mm. people you know Uh, back then comics they were huge but they were still sort of like a subgroup yeah Um, and yeah just general movie goes this would be their first introduction to Batman It, it was the first time there was a big budget it was a it was, I believe they had an even bigger budget because I mean Superman obviously 78 started mm. it all really with the whole 
Well, that's, that's kind of what the idea they had, what they wanted to do for Batman, yeah. what they'd done for Superman, hadn't they? Yeah. Um, so that's the idea was having this... Um, Fran- I guess franchise wasn't the term used back then, but this series of films. Yeah. But yeah, they've been trying to get this film. They, they, they I, I think it's about nine years or something like that. Mm. When they saw the success of Superman, they, I think the first script for this film was about 1980. But I, I think if we could go into it, yeah, t- tell the mm-hmm. you know the plot who, who starred in it, and then we tell some facts and whatnot and then we give our general gist of the actual film itself yeah. so uh, this first one like we said Batman 1989 was written by Sam Hamm and directed by Tim Burton it stars Michael Keaton as Bruce Wayne Batman Jack Nicholson as Jack Napier aka the Joker Kim Basinger as Vicky Vale Michael Goff as Alfred Pennywise Pat Hingle as Commissioner Gordon and Billy D. Williams as Harvey Dent and if you want to say the plot yeah, so having witnessed his parents' brutal murder as a child, millionaire philanthropist Bruce Wayne fights crime in Gotham City disguised as Batman. <laughs> a costumed hero strikes fear into the hearts of villains, but when a deformed madman who calls himself the Joker seizes control of Gotham's criminal underworld, Batman must face his most ruthless nemesis ever while protecting both his identity and his love interest, reporter Vicky Vale. So I think... it. it from just the plot, if there's yeah. anyone who hasn't seen this, and it's just it's a pretty basic yeah. Batman movie, you know, yeah. which had to really, really be. But yeah. um, Tim Burton was hired as director in 1986 after the success of Pee Wee's Big Adventure the previous year. Because Tim, it's odd because Tim Burton was actually came from an animation. He did, yeah. He actually studied animation. I think he was in the same class as John Lasseter from Pixar um, and a few others yeah. as well. And I believe he went to work for Disney, and they parted. I think a mutual uh, a, a mutual agreement because they didn't feel that like they were right fit for each other. Because no. I think he made a, a shot called Frank and Weenie, which was not is more in the sort of um, corpse bride style. Yeah. Uh, and I think Disney obviously felt that that wasn't their style, and he he probably felt that he didn't fit in at Disney. Well, um, Tim Burton he even come out and admitted that he wasn't a comic book fan. He didn't no. grow up with, no. with Batman, and it sort of. Warner Bros was like, "Here, we're gonna give, we're gonna give you Batman," and he just was like, "Okay." You know, he could, I think, he could see it as a huge yeah. break. Anyone involved in Batman or Superman is huge because if you think, at the, I know we've got the modern movies now. Everyone knows superheroes. Back then, really, Batman and Superman were the, the only two huge ones that everyone would know. And I think he just saw that as an opportunity. Well, yeah, sort of in the seventies, you had spin-off like the Hulk had a spin-off yeah. like TV movies where I think Thor was in there and some other I can't remember now. But then you had a few of the Spider-Man. I think they tried to boot a Spider-Man series of yeah. films in the seventies. I, I really seem to remember seeing one in the cinema, but didn't have the same impact no. as Batman and Superman were the guys, yeah. weren't they? DC were really rolling it back then. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's odd. The the film wasn't greenlit until after the success yeah. of Burton's Beetlejuice. So literally, it was only greenlit yeah. a year before the film's release. Because it's odd. Because he'd only directed Pee Wee's Big Adventure, which is hardly a you know a dark. No. Um, you know, it's hardly a, a study of a twisted you know character. Yeah. Or maybe it is. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that obviously made made Warner's a lot of money, and they were probably thinking more about the the money yeah. than they were about. The actual film itself. Because if you think about it, if they really did care about the film, they would 
maybe even asked Richard Donner to do it. Yeah. He obviously did Superman or someone who knows the genre, but yeah, I think he was sort of he was young, he was he yeah. was hot at that time and Yeah. And Beetlejuice is, is a bit of a dark I mean it's a dark comedy. Yeah. And I, and I don't know if that's what they were trying to go for with Batman. Well maybe but it's it's odd because literally the film was greenlit a year yeah. before its release. So from the time it was greenlit they had to do all the pre production mm-hmm filming whatnot yeah. post-production and release it within a year which is just unheard of yeah because yeah. the writer sam ham he was a he was a really big comic book he guy, was yeah. wasn't he so they brought him to because i think they they attempted to they attempted several different plots hadn't they in different yeah. scripts and like he, i said the the there was multiple scripts f- from 1980 onwards and i think uh one time there was a script where um bill murray was involved as as being uh, Batman when yeah. he was in his prime, you know. So, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, because I think Ivan Reitman was was one of the possible directors, yeah. and he would have had because obviously fresh off the success of Ghostbusters, mm. um, looking at Bill Murray being. But I mean, there was lots of different um, A-list actors, weren't they, considered for the role? Yeah. Uh, it even clear the producer top choice, which is Pierce Brosnan. So I'm assuming this is pre-Bond. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh, as well as Mel Gibson, Kevin Costner, Harrison Ford, Dennis Quaid, Tom Selleck, Charlie Sheen, Willem Dafoe. And I know that, yeah, Keaton's casting was hugely controversial. Because um, before that, he was he was essentially a stand-up comedian. Yeah. That I got into acting. and I, He used to make sort of comedy films. One of them that, I, that stands out is a film called Mr. Mom, where yeah. it's like a... Um, He's an executive, loses his job, and he's, he stays at home to look after the kids, and his wife goes out to work. So it's it's comedy it, around that, when when that was largely not the norm. No, I mean, just to put it into perspective as well, I mean, it was controversial, yeah, but especially with the comic book community. Yeah. I mean, uh, they put in about 50,000... This is pre-internet, so they actually had to have a... <laughs> a petition, wasn't a it? A petition that they submit, and it's 50,000 signatures People. against Keaton... Uh, being cast as Batman, but the, the the running theory is that the reason why Keaton got the casting is because yeah. obviously they'd worked together on Beetlejuice together. So I don't know if he saw maybe his darker side, mm-hmm. or or his ability to play a more serious character. Yeah, we we will never know. And then I think more importantly for the actual casting of the Joker, there was it Tim Curry, David Bowie, John Lithgow, who was Burton's choice, mm. Brad Dourif, Ray Liotta, James Woods. Lithgow actually talks about a um, well, he, his his, um, his audition, wasn't it? Where he spent his entire audition trying to talk Tim Burton out of casting yeah. him, and it is a decision he would because he like a publicly he, regret, wasn't it? He felt he wasn't right for the part. But I think Nicholson, uh, I think Robin Williams was also in in the frame for that. Yeah, he was, um, and he was. It, I mean, I've read somewhere that he was actually offered formally offered the part. And it was only sort of Jack Nicholson in the last minute changing his mind. Well, this, this thing of Nicholson, like I said, but the, but the original, the screenplay for this film was a rewrite. That's all it was. Yeah. Um, in 1980, there was a script for this film when they originally were going to make it in, in 1980. And it went for all different directors come and went. Of course, different actors came and went. And it just went for diff, each different rewrites until we... L- um, got the obviously the Sam Ham one, and I, I, Nicholson was the favourite since 1980. They wanted him to play the Joker, but I think obviously you know he was, he was very big during the 80s. Yeah. I mean he's big anyway, but he was very big during the 80s, and he just he just couldn't do it maybe, and that's why I think 
Robin Williams got he got brought in, but he obviously we got him cast in the '89. He accepted the role of the Joker under strict conditions. He'd get top billing, a portion of the film's earnings, including the merchandise, and he'd control his own shooting schedule. So that just goes to show how yeah. much they wanted him, because you know I know Warner Brothers with their merchandise sales are yeah. a bit like tight with that. Mm-hmm. So. And it is true, he, yeah. he's the top billing, isn't he? He is, yeah. And that's unusual for a film where you get the... Um, although he's the main antagonist, but he's also... You know, Batman is Batman, so should should be the main character. Yeah. And it's unusual that the main character doesn't get top billing. Yeah. I just, and, I just think they were just happy to have him in there, you know what I mean? I read that he, he, he could work his own schedule, but he also would have time off... I think every every time the Lakers were playing at home, yeah, because he's obviously a big Lakers fan, he'd have the time off to go watch. So I mean, they obviously gave into his demands because yeah. they just wanted him so much. I suppose with with, with Jack Nicholson, you just like you write, <clears throat> you give him a blank check. You're like, right, you can do whatever you want, and that's what they do. <laughs> yeah. That's what they did, isn't it? Because it was a massive well, coup to get him. It's a marquee name, isn't yeah. it? It's, you, you probably guaranteed to get. I mean. You go, yeah, Michael Keane as Batman and people. Like, yeah. And Jack Nicholson as the Joker. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. And the actual film is based on Red Hood, the origin story for the Joker. Um, it does take inspiration here and there from the Killing Joke and the Dark Knight Returns, but it's interesting. So these are the original comic book stories. Yeah, these are the original comics. And it's interesting that a Batman movie is... And I, I suppose a lot of it is actually the Joker's story, isn't it? Yeah because what I like about this is it it shows Jack Napier before he fell in the vat of acid so it showed him how he was before that before he was the Joker and then after and you can see that transition but yeah, it's just funny to me that a Batman movie focuses on the Joker's origin story but like I said this this is more of a Joker movie to me really mm-hmm. and now Going to the film in the film it took place at Pinewood Studios from October 1988 to January 1989 largely due to resources but also to flee the militant American Express now October to January is a very short amount of time to film yeah. it in but Four also months. you think at the time I can't even imagine how big this movie was where they actually had to move due to the press just hounding yeah. them and stuff yeah. you know what I mean yeah. but if we move on, we'll get to the uh, the film's budget escalated from thirty million to forty eight million, and this was largely due to secondary research. So I can't even if you think about it, October to January, yeah. but they also had secondary secondary well, research in that. About that it's, so thirty to forty eight million might not sound a lot, but that's nearly that's over fifty uh, percent more. So if you like today, if you went okay, I'm making a film for hundred million, and yeah. it's going to now cost a hundred and 70 million yeah you know that's that's quite a lot of money <laughs> isn't it <laughs> well I sp- uh, Bat- it doesn't really matter because Batman earned over yeah. 400 million dollars worldwide yeah. and at the time was the fifth highest grossing film of all time um, I obviously someone who, who didn't it was wasn't lot, like a I didn't go through that you know I didn't yeah. go up through that yeah. uh, I, I can only imagine but it sounds like it was like a phenomenon you know like an event but it's just the same because you can't really remember it. <laughs> well, no, it's, it's like I say, it's. it's I'm, I'm, I'm sure I saw it in the cinema. I'm just trying to remember back what was around, what was happening yeah. at the time, because a lot of times it's 
you know, if you go to the cinema and there's nothing else to watch, then no. you go and watch a film, you know. Yeah. Um, I think there was a lot of interest, a lot of hype around Batman. Maybe it was the merchant, the marketing strategy and everything. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I, just, I, I can't actually remember what it was like watching the film, no. what it felt like when it came well, out. Looking at looking at everything, I, I, I think I can say that Superman opened the door for superhero yeah. movies, then Batman kicked the door for the hinges, that type of thing. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, like I said, there's a vacuum. You know, we we've not had Batman films before. No, Batman, I think, as a character, people like. Um, so I think people would have gone and watched the film. Mm. Uh, like I said, because there was nothing else. Yeah. No, there's no. It's not like there was another Batman film out. No. Or anything. No. Saying that, it did inspire the equally successful yeah. Batman the animated series, paving the way for the DC animated universe. And there was a feature film called. Um, Mask of the the Phantasm, that, that animated one. Yeah, yeah, and that's very highly regarded. Right. I remember watching that back in the day. Is that the one with Mark Hamill as Joker? Yeah, he, Mark Hamill's oh, Joker. Right. Yeah, and that was huge as well. The DC animated universe. Yeah. So there's a lot riding on this film. Yeah, um, I think really we should get in our opinions on on the well, film. Like I said, I can't remember what it was like when I came out of the cinema. Did I go, wow, I really enjoyed that? Yeah. Or yeah. I don't know. I mean, there's a non. I guess there's non. I mean, we watched it recently, obviously, on the lead up to this show. Yeah. But, um, and I think I was a little bit disappointed. Well, just the thing I remember watching it when I was younger, growing up watching yeah. it, and I, none of us have watched it for no. about ten years or no. even longer than that. And yeah, I was a bit disappointed yeah. as well because I don't know. Sometimes your memories are, di are different to how mm. you know how it actually was. But, um, I mean. Controversially, I think we both thought that Michael Keaton was probably miscast. Yeah. Oh his, yeah. Hundred um, percent. I think we they could have gone with because I read an article recently uh, that he he gave and he was he was talking about the reasons why he didn't do a third film. Which yeah. Going to later on, but then he he was talking about his his focus of the film. He said Batman is about it's not about Batman. It's about Bruce Wayne, and that's how yeah. he played it. And I'm thinking, well, no, Batman is about Batman, yeah. and you want to see Batman, yeah. and you don't get really get to see a lot of Batman in a film called Batman. I don't think Batman has ten minutes of screen yeah. time in this film, and it's a Batman film. And you know, we we like action films, yeah. And you think Listen, you think of superhero <laughs> movies, action comes yeah. with it, and there just was not much action at all. Um, and and the fact that they didn't, I mean. I think it was Sam Hamm who, who specifically chose not to yeah. do the origin story of Batman. He done it through flashbacks, and I don't know whether it. Yeah, but it wasn't the full story. No, no, his, it, that's what he decided to do. Yeah. But yeah, he said that he he wanted. I mean, all you flashbacks. really see is parents getting yeah. killed, and it, it was. I don't know whether that that was in the comic books that Jack Napier, who was who would become the mm. Joker, actually was killed. His yeah, parents. it wasn't, and that's a very that's another point a lot of people don't like yeah. about this film. Um, Seems very contrived plot line. Yeah. Trying, you know, and then it's actually it's Batman's Bat, Batman is responsible for Jack Napier falling in a vat of acid and yeah. being scarred to the point where he becomes then just a bit of a coincidental, yeah. isn't it? Really, so it's almost like. Jack Napier created Batman and then Batman created yeah. the Joker so it's that you know yeah. and I just think yeah, it's a bit of a contrived um, plot well, this thing, I was, when I was watching it I of course I respect it you know for what it did for the, for the superhero movies but 
I think if you put them up, and that's the, that's the one thing, I know it's, it's a bit harsh, but if you put them up to the superhero movies of nowadays, it is slightly hokey, yeah. isn't it? Well, you compare you compare Batman to Superman. Yeah. Right, Superman, it's in two acts. The first act is Superman coming to Earth, and it's his whole backstory, mm. you know, how he learns about himself, how he, he goes off to the Fortress of Solitude, learns how to be Superman. And then the second part is him going to Metropolis, yeah. getting a job, and being Superman and having all these action stuff going on. But there's none of that in Batman. No. It's just he appears on a rooftop beating up two yeah. guys. <laughs> and that's it. That's his, that's his introduction to... And like I say, for, for us sort of non-comic book fans who've never, never read a comic book, don't know... Because I'm sure there's lots of different story acts in the comic books yeah. of his origin story. Well, that's you know, I, I, but I, I love an origin story. I would have loved to have seen that. I think maybe, so, yeah. maybe they didn't have time to do it. Maybe they felt that they were just going to have one film. Yeah, maybe. And they, so they, they wanted the time f- that happens. Yeah, didn't it? and they just wanted to get. But I think they really did miss a trick, though. Yeah, you know, because it yeah. just doesn't have that. Doesn't carry that weight. Yeah, you know, and, and I fi- I, also I feel like uh, Michael Keaton as Batman. One, he was like emotionless throughout the whole thing he just had this smold on his face didn't he and he wasn't particularly there was was times when they were trying to do the one liners and it just didn't work no because he didn't I think he didn't know whether it wanted to be dramatic or a bit of a like a Beetlejuice like a bit of a black comedy or I don't know it just just... well that's the thing you think of you think of Batman like Batman doesn't do one liners In, in the Dark Knight trilogy he does a couple but it's it's not where it, they try and cut the tension. They they've so hard. They've worked so hard to build and stuff like that, you know. But I just feel like it, it just goes from scene to scene. Yeah. You know, there's nothing extraordinary about it. You know, I wasn't that invested in the mm-hmm. story itself. There wasn't a huge, massive story that you got to follow. Yeah. It's just scenes on scenes on a TV that you're just watching. Yeah. You know? It just it didn't pull me in. No. And like I, said, I don't know if it was maybe. Maybe my fault because you know I've, I've this film is really highly rated and I heard some stuff about it and maybe I was just I was like okay this is where this is the Batman film this yeah. is where it all began but yeah it kind of fell flat on its face for me really yeah. and when you get to the third act um, there's not that much happened he, no. literally the Joker gets his ass beat and by Batman and that's it there's no stakes there's no nothing yeah. and the film ends and you're like okay yeah I got like I say I was I was yeah. All the hype it's received, I and mean, like you say, it's got it's got some great reviews. Mm. Got some, you know, and I, I was just a bit disappointed, really. I think that's that's the takeaway from it. Yeah. Is just it's disappointing. Yeah, I mean, obviously, this is our own personal yeah. views, and and other people will. I'm probably, sure if you're a comic book fan back then, it, you maybe. grew up with the movies. Yeah. You know, maybe you'd love it, but just yeah, it was just yeah. for us, just a bit disappointing. So, on to yeah. From the success of Batman making four hundred million dollars, yeah. <laughs> it's obvious that they're going to have a, a yeah. sequel, uh, Batman Returns, which is nineteen ninety two. Do you want to tell us a bit about it? Yeah, it was um, written by Daniel Waters, once again directed by Tim Burton. Because I don't think didn't he want he didn't want to do a he sequel? Didn't, no, did he? he didn't want to do a sequel. He, he, I think he the only way he was going to do a sequel is if he could have more control over yeah. the film and that's obviously what they gave him once again it stars Michael Keaton as Bruce Wayne and Batman and a legend in this household Danny DeVito yeah. as the Penguin um, <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer as Selena Cole and Catwoman 
Christopher Walken as Max Shrek, Michael Goff as Alfred Pennywise once again, and Pat Hingle as Commissioner Gordon. Gordon, and if you want to say the plot. Yeah, the plot is the monstrous penguin, played by Dan DeVito, <laughs> who lives in the sewers beneath Gotham, joins up with wicked, shock-headed businessman Max Shrek to topple the Batman once and for all. But when Shrek's timid assistant, Selina Kyle, finds out and Shrek tries to kill her, she's transformed into the sexy Catwoman. She teams up with the Penguin and Shrek to destroy Batman. I can't say Shrek without thinking of the Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> but sparks fly unexpectedly when she confronts the Cape Crusader. So, yeah. I say Burton didn't want to direct another Batman film, but Warner Brothers developed a script again with Sam Hamm, which had the Penguin and Catwoman going after hidden treasure, which is just ridiculous, isn't it? But Burton agreed to return after they granted him more creative control. And of of course, Ham's rewrites uh, went through... Uh, sorry, Ham's script went through rewrites. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's ridiculous. Kind of, kind of some kind of Indiana Jones type. I don't know who with. put... I don't know, literally, they probably fired whoever put yeah. that screenplay together. And believe it or not, Dustin Hoffman was originally the first choice I to play the Penguin. I can see him actually as a Penguin. Mm, but he declined. Oh, no. Um, apart from Hoffman, Marlon Brando, John Candy, Bob Hoskins, Ralph Waite, Dean Martin, Dudley Moore, Alan Rickman, John Goodman, Phil Collins, Charles, uh, Charles Grodin, Christopher yeah. Lee, Joe Pesci, Ray Liotta, Gabrielle Byrne, Alex Rocco and Christopher Lloyd were all considered for the part before DeVito got it. And now DeVito was actually suggested for the role by his friend Jack Nicholson mm-hmm. after the financial success of the first film, in which Nicholson, yeah, of course, played they, the Joker. They were in, in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's yeah. Nest together, weren't they? It's not, it's not a group of people, because it's like none of them physically look... I mean, you, no. you go from Marlon Hoffman to Marlon Brando to John Candy <laughs> to John Goodman <laughs> to Phil Collins. None of them sort of physically resemble... Christopher Lee as well. Yeah. You know. Phil Collins, what were they on about <laughs> Because in the original TV series, it was played by Burgess Meredith. Yeah. And he was he was meant to return as the Penguin's father, as a mm. cameo. But I think he was ill, and he he died shortly after yeah. that. But that would have been quite a nice little nod to the yeah. TV show. I mean, series. out of them, could you see anyone playing Penguin out of them? Well, probably the one who looks most like Dan DeVito is Phil Collins. I think yeah. <laughs> is Penguin going to be doing some drumming? Is he yeah. Some... <laughs> Sorry about that. Um... Dean Martin, I can't yeah, see what. He must have been really Martini old. Martini Swilling Penguin, maybe. <laughs> um, he must have I been mean, really old. Brando. Jeez. I mean, he had the body type for it at that point. Well, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean Hoffman, I could see. Um, yeah, uh, but he'd, he'd probably get really method into it. In that. Yeah, but yeah like I said I think I think with the whole like Joe Pesci and Ray Liotta maybe they saw Goodfellas yeah. like oh we're going to have them in our film but yeah. in in uh, I suppose I think we both agreed yeah, that I forget it was what, what 92 yeah. so yeah it's been around that time when he was when probably like right, I've seen them yeah. but great performance I want them to play the Penguin but yeah. I think we'll both agree that DeVito was the yeah. was perfect think, yeah. part of the role you know he looked like him yeah. He had the body type, he had the height, and he's also a good. I think people look. He's actually a really good actor as well, and mm. he played the part. We'll go, obviously, we'll get onto the film yeah. in a sec, but well, yeah, according to Pfeiffer, she felt devastated after Annette Benning was cast as Catwoman. However, Benning had to uh, became pregnant, allowing Pfeiffer to get the role, and told to prepare for the role. Pfeiffer attended kickboxing classes and practiced handling a whip. 
<laughs> Other actresses also considered included Susan Sarandon, Meryl Streep, who was considered too old by Burton, Brooke Shields, whom Burton considered not bankable, Demi Moore, Nicole Kidman, who ended up playing Dr. Chase Meridian in Batman Forever, Sean Young, who had initially been cast as Vicky Vale in the first film before having to drop out after a horse riding injury, Jodie Foster, Gina Davis, Sigourney Weaver, Lena Owen, Madonna, Raquel Welsh, Ellen Barkin, Jennifer Jason Lee, Lorraine Bracco, Bridget Fonda and Jennifer Beals. So again, a lot of people linked with that. It seems that everybody, whatever, whatever role's being cast, yeah. everybody in Hollywood is considered yeah. for it. I think I was considered for it. <laughs> <laughs> I was sperm and I was considered. <laughs> That's the thing, right? With this film, it seems like in the first one, they had, they had their mind on who yeah. they wanted. Where, like you said, they were just casting the whole of Hollywood because yeah. they didn't really want. And once again, we're getting to later, but we think Pfeiffer was the best. Right, I think I read something about Sean Young that she actually turned up to audition in a homemade cat suit. Oh to yeah, trying to try and lobby for the part. Well, obviously, didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> right, we, I suppose we got onto yeah. Billy D. Williams as well. Yeah, he was, I know. He was asked to reprise his role with Harvey Dent, but declined. This leading to the creation of evil business mogul Max Schreck. So Max Schreck was wasn't never in the comic books, yeah. and uh, David Bowie was approached to play the character, but declined due to other projects. Burton begrudgingly cast Christopher Walken and apparently he was scared of the veteran actor. Why would you be scared? I know he's a little bit, you know, yeah, he's a little bit... Um, <laughs> Hot-headed, maybe. Yeah, but he's just, it, it comes across as quite scary. Yeah. But, yeah, I could see David Bowie in it. Yeah. That, that'd be... But it's, it's just odd that they recast... Um, I, don't, I don't know why he... he I don't know why the, Billy D. Williams declined it. I yeah. really don't. Maybe it was typecasting. I mean, obviously, he's, yeah. he's Harvey Dent, but he's a Lando to me. And I yeah, think yeah. A lot of us. yeah, maybe. Um, in early 1991, two of Hollywood's largest sound stages, Stage 16 at Warner Brothers and Stage 12 at Universal Studios, were being prepared for the filming of Batman Returns. And filming started in June 1991. June 1992. Film started in June 1991. Yeah. Oh, right, sorry, yeah. yeah. Uh, Batman, Re- sorry, yeah, I'm reading the <laughs> Batman Returns was released on June the 19th, 1992, and it grossed $266.8 million worldwide on a total budget of $80 million and received positive reviews. So, yeah, it, it did a decent return, not yeah. as much as the original, which you would expect, I, yeah. I guess. Um, does that does that mean that a lot of people were put off by the original? So Yeah, maybe. Half, yeah. you know, nearly, you know, one... Yeah, maybe. Maybe, yeah, possible. Uh, well, just the thing, I, I think we're both... Well, I... Right, personally, when I watched this the other day, because uh, we obviously watched Batman, we watched them in order. Yeah. So we watched. Did we watch Batman and Batman Returns back to back? Yeah. I thought this was a much better film. I did as well. Yeah. You know, might be controversial, but I just you know, I just think for the the main fact, like, uh, it had all the all the the dialogue scenes from the mm. original, but it just had so much more action. Yeah. And I think DeVito is really good in this as well as as Penguin. Yeah. I think people forget because obviously he was in uh, the sitcom Taxi for a long time so that a lot of people um, sort of see him as that character yeah. but before that I mean he was in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest he's done some really good acting um, dramatic roles we'll forget about Deck the Halls <laughs> <laughs> but yeah but he, he's really people 
forget a thing. How, how good he he's is! He's a really good actor. actor. He is, and this yeah. just goes to show, doesn't it? And then you've got Christopher Walken in there. You've oh, got Michelle Pfeiffer. I think, yeah, I think her well. role is almost legendary, isn't um, it? Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's slightly odd. It's that, like, like I was saying, it's that t- typical comic book um, yeah. dev- devolve devolution. Yeah, yeah. into um, into insanity. You know where she's getting licked by cats and yeah. and one's trying to eat her. I think. <laughs> one point. But yeah, um, after Shrek tries to merge, because she she obviously finds out about his shady business dealings, he tries to kill her by throwing her out of a window, and she then um, she goes home and she then starts to basically smash up her apartment. Insane, yeah. yeah, stitches together this homemade cat suit out of like PVC or whatever mm. it is. And goes out and wow, yeah, good one. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it's just again, it's just, it's a familiar storyline. Yeah, um, and I'm not sure if it's ever been covered in the comic books or not. But essentially, Max Shrek, he's, he he wants um, changes to happen in Gotham. The mayor is is blocking it, mm. so he has the mayor, he has the election recalled, doesn't he? And he then puts up um, the penguin. As mayoral candidate, yeah. and he becomes the mayor then. Uh, and also, it's, it's the penguins. Uh, what he's trying to do is, is basically because he was abandoned by his parents when yeah. he was younger, because he's he's basically a freak. Yeah, and he wants to take all the firstborns away from parents. Yeah, so they 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 know the feeling. Of yeah, how, how he, yeah, it's quite a fascinating. Plot, yeah. really, you know, it's, it's sort of left field. Yeah. Because you kind of think that the penguin is a tool of of Shrek, yeah. but actually he's not. He's got his own agenda as well. Yeah, which then obviously Batman has to stop. What, what I like though is he puts on this facade because at, at the start he's liked by the public, isn't yeah. he? That's yeah. why he was um, he was elected as mayor. Yeah. But then you then you start to see the deterioration of his character, and every now and then you get some like scenes where he's eating uh, fish. He just, he's <laughs> yeah. a weird he's a weird guy, isn't he? Yeah, but that also introduces the circus. Because yeah. he was a circus freak, wasn't he? Essentially, yeah. and so he surrounds him. His gang is all made up of circus people, and they're all doing leaps and handstands and all that <laughs> kind of cartwheels and things. Um, and I guess that maybe seeped into some of the later. Yeah, maybe it could have definitely yeah. inspired later films. Yeah. But like I said, I just the main, like we said, the main thing about this film is it had more action. You also got more Batman as well, yeah. didn't you? You did, yeah. A bit more fighting as well, and and it can only be a positive, really. Yeah, I don't think I can't remember. There's no more of Batman's backstory, is there? There's no. no more flashbacks or anything like that to to his childhood or anything. Yeah, some like I said, this is not a perfect movie by no. any any stretch of the, of the imagination, but it is hundred uh, percent, in our opinion, yeah. like I said, opinion it is <laughs> a much improved version of the of the original yeah. and. Like I said, it actually has a pretty good plot that you can actually get invested in, yeah. and you know what's happening, and it's got a clear like start, middle, yeah. and end, doesn't it? And just everything you want. You get film. Christopher Walken who says "boomtang." Yeah, boomtang. <laughs> <laughs> it's like just well bizarre kind of thing to say, but yeah, I think I think we both agreed that this we we liked this better yeah. than than the. Uh, the first one and also also liked the third act more 100 yeah. percent. right and that then would obviously move <laughs> it's 
spawn another sequel. Yeah. And this would be the 1995 Batman Forever, which basically gets a lot of shit, doesn't it? Yeah. From, um, it's considered, I think, the only saving grace is Batman and Robin. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll get into it yeah. about because there's a lot, there's a lot on this. Yeah. So, um, I think this is the last film where Tim Burton had any involvement, yeah. isn't it? So you've got some information about the film. Yeah, so it was written by Kiva Goldsman, directed by Joel Schumacher. Um, we'll get into why Tim Burton wasn't directing. Yeah. It stars Val Kilmer as Bruce Wayne and Batman, Tommy Lee Jones as Two-Face, Jim Carrey as the Riddler, Nicole Kidman as Dr. Chase Meridian, Chris O'Donnell as Dick Grayson, Michael Goff as Alfred Pennywise, and Pat Hingle, yeah. once again, as Commissioner Gordon. And the plot, Batman faces off against two foes, the schizophrenic, horribly scarred former district attorney Harvey Dent, a.k.a. Two-Face, and the Riddler, a disgruntled ex-Wayne Enterprise inventor seeking revenge against his former employer by unleashing his brain-sucking weapon on Gotham City's residents. As the Cape Crusader also deals with tortured memories of his parents' murder, he has a new romance with psychologist Chase Meridian. Oh, there's there's multiple reasons why Burton's yeah. three call never happened that we'll get into uh, later. But yeah. um, so the reason why Tim Burton wasn't directing, he originally was, he was in the director's chair. But Warner Brothers felt that his films were too dark. I believe they had a PG thirteen rating, mm -hmm. didn't they? Yeah, that's right. And obviously, when you have a darker tone film, they just care about merchandising or whatever. They they don't. I suppose they they associate PG-13 with not making as much money maybe yeah. and he, like I said he was in the director's chair and they were like we want someone to direct it a lot more light hearted maybe or, or a lighter tone mm -hmm. so they pushed him back to the producer and they brought in Joel Schumacher to direct it so that's why that's the main big reason yeah. there's a couple reasons but that's the biggest reason why he wasn't yeah. um, so Warner Brothers began looking around and they eventually came uh, they eventually gave the film to Joel Schumacher based on the success of his adaption of John Grisham's legal thriller, The Client. Yeah. Like I said, I'd read a, an interview with Michael Keaton about why he turned down um, the third. And it was really, it was the, the, the lighter tone of it. Didn't, mm. didn't, didn't like the direction in which Joel Schumacher was taking it. No. Um, so then they, they looked around, producers off the Cape Crusade to a relatively unknown Ethan Hawke. He turned it down in a move that he's since regretted again. Warner Brothers would go on to offer the film to both Alec and William Baldwin. What, well, same time? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Daniel Day-Lewis, Johnny Depp, Ralph Fiennes, Tom Hanks, Keanu Reeves, and they eventually landed on Val Kilmer. Now, Val Kilmer, at that time, um, I think, had he just done Tombstone? A couple, years prior, yeah, Tombstone. He, he, couple years prior, yeah. A couple years prior, he did Tombstone. So, he came off of Heat, I believe. Heat. So... Yeah, Tombstone and Heat, he wasn't one of the main characters in it, he was, he was a, more of a supporting actor. Yeah. But I can actually see, I mean, I've got to say to you that, and uh, you know, controversially we both agree that we thought Val Kilmer was a better choice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For Batman. Um, no no offence to, to Michael Keaton, but he just doesn't look like a leaning man. No. Um, whereas Val Kilmer very much does. He, he fits with the look of Bruce Wayne, yeah, doesn't he? he does. Oh, how you imagine Bruce Wayne yeah. to look like. And like we said as well, 
you know, there's no way that he would have been able to land King Massinger. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, Val Kilmer <laughs> and, and Michelle Pfeiffer. Whereas Val Kilmer, yeah, you, you, you do believe that. Yeah. And Nicole Kidman. So, I mean, could you see any of these these actors playing him? Alec Baldwin. I always think Alec Baldwin's too smooth. Yeah. He's he's very, um, but he's he's Alec Baldwin as well. Whatever he's in. <laughs> yeah, he I just don't is, think yeah. he has got the dramatic depth to be able no. to. Daniel Day Lewis, yeah. I don't know. I think he's a bit too... In 95. Is it 95? Yeah. Maybe not. I don't know. He's probably too intense for that for that part. Johnny Depp, I don't know, he's probably too short, is he? Yeah, too short. Maybe, once again, it's just Johnny, Johnny Depp in that yeah. suit. Ray Fiennes. Tom Hanks. Nah, I don't know. I mean, he's a, good, he's a good dramatic actor, but for exactly the same reason Keaton was wrong, I think probably Hanks would have been wrong for it as well. Yeah. I mean, he... he... At, at, at this point in time, he 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 won already won two Oscars. Yeah. He was the biggest movie star in the world. And I just think yeah. you you would one he's typecast because you know he's yeah. the biggest movie star in the world. And two, I just don't think Batman would have suited him at all. No. Ken Reeves, he just done Speed, hadn't he? At that time, yeah, maybe too young. You maybe for yeah. that, maybe possibly. So yeah, I think I think they yeah. they landed on Kilmer, and he was like we both agree he was yeah he was I, the perfect we, choice. We we actually look, liked him better than Keaton, yeah. which is probably going to be controversial for some people. Right. Okay. Uh, Billy D. Williams played Harvey Dent in the first Batman film was completely written out of the script on the second due to turning the character down. Was unsurprisingly recast for the third third film. Tim Burton originally cast Billy D. Williams, who people may know is a black actor, as the white character of Harvey Dent because he wanted to include the villain Two-Face in a future film, using the concept of an African-American Two-Face for the black and white concept. Joel Schumacher recast Tommy Lee Jones, and he was Schumacher's first choice for the start. Yeah, because there was, there was actually quite a lot of controversy around this. Well, it is, because of white... <laughs> you know, you... you you cast a black actor in a white role, which is is not. I mean, maybe it was different back then, but it's that's nothing no. new now, because he wanted to show the kind of duality. So I guess one of his sides of his faces would have been makeup. So yeah. you've got the black and the white, and dark and the light. But then, yeah, casting Tommy Lee Jones, and I think all they do is they make up one side of his. Well, the, the, they leave one side of his face kind of normal, yeah. and, the, and the other side is is scarred, isn't it? S- similar to how mm. he, how he is in well, not similar to how he is in the Dark Knight. But well, well, like I said, it was like it was very controversial. Yeah, based on the fact that Billy D. Williams had played Harvey Dent in the, in the yeah. past. But yeah, John Schumacher literally just said he he quashed all that and just said from the start, my my mm. only the only person I wanted to play the role was was. Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah, because again, he was he was at the peak, wasn't he, back then? Yeah, um, I think he he was one oh, of yeah, the he, biggest. He came. He came, he'd obviously won yeah. an Oscar about two years early. He was in everything. He was one of, if not the biggest yeah. movie star in the world at the time. So you can't. I don't think you can have a go at John Schumacher for casting him. No. You know, he was, and we think he's very good in this film as well. Yeah. So I don't know if he's one of the good. But I'm assuming that Billy D. Williams didn't want to come and do it anyway. Well, it's so. the thing he says since he's regretted it so I don't know if yeah. he regretted it at the time or as, as years have gone by yeah. okay 
Robin Williams was in discussions to be the Riddler at one point, but eventually turned down the role, and he was resentful he was used in 1989, really as bait for Jack Nicholson to play the Joker, which is true. I mean, Robin mm. Williams, like uh, what I've read is that he was actually offered the part and yeah. accepted it, and then Nicholson came in last, you know, somebody who said to Jack, you know, they just cast Robin Williams, and he said, okay, well, I'm in, and, and yeah. yeah. Uh, but also he had contractual issues with Jumanji. What was that all about? Uh, he, at the time, he was literally filming Jumanji, so he, just, oh, okay. he wouldn't have been no, able to do it anyway. And amazingly, Michael Jackson lobbied <laughs> hard for the role, but was turned down before Jim Carrey was cast. Why not? Why not have Michael Jackson? <laughs> 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 I don't know. Other actors considered John Malkovich. He's always a good villain. Yeah. Brad Dourif. Obviously, he was he played Chucky, um, who was considered before by Byrne to portray the Scarecrow, Kelsey Grammer, Matthew Broderick, Phil Hartman, Steve Martin, Mark Hamill, Adam Sandler, and Rob Schneider. All, co- all, most of them comedy actors. Yeah, there's a few. Yeah. There's a few there that that would have yeah. been very good. And uh, this thing, obviously, we'll get into it. I mean, Jim Carrey at the time, obviously, was most known for Ace Ventura. Had he done Dumb and Dumber at that point? Yeah, he did, yeah. So, year, year previous. Yeah. So he was a comedic actor. He was most notable for his kind of physical physicality, wasn't he, in comedy? Yeah. And again, I don't know, maybe, maybe he would have been... Because you, you compare his joke to the one in the 60s, and it's very similar in, in the way that it's portrayed. Yeah. Um, I don't know how it's portrayed in the, in the comic books. Oh, uh, Jim Carrey is... Exactly like yeah. the Riddler in the comic books. So it's that total over the top kind of. That's how he is, yeah, yeah in the comic books. But it's just, yeah. it's just interesting because, like, like you said, jo- these are world class actors: yeah. John Malkovich, yeah. Kelsey Grammer. It'd be interesting to well, to well, see could, these could guys. They, could they have brought the same kind of no, energy? That's the to thing. I think what the, the tone Joel wrong. Schumacher was was going for, they would not have been yeah. able to. It would have been much more serious. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. Mark Hamill was considered, but he obviously was. He was in the animated series yeah. as the Joker, so that may have caused some confusion. Yeah, and that's probably why he didn't. Yeah. Maybe he's, he's he's a bit too old. Yeah. I think you know. Yeah, Renny Russo was originally cast as Doctor Chase Meridian by Tim Burton while he was still the director of the third film. When Burton was demoted to producing credit, Michael Keane stepped down from the role of Batman. I was known from before. Val Kilmer was brought in. Kilmer, of course, being much younger than Keane himself. Schumacher decided that Russo was a bit too old for Kilmer. During recasting, Robin Wright turned down the role while Gene Triplehorn and Linda Hamilton were also, also both considered. Eventually, Schumacher landed on Nicole Kidman, who of course was previously considered for all of Catwoman in the previous film. Hmm. So again, a few actors, um, actresses considered. I mean, Renny Russo was your kind of go-to yeah. in the 90s. She was in you know, Lethal Weapon, she was in... Uh, she's an outbreak. She was, yeah, she was old, in oh, everything. Uh, yeah, in the line of fire. Yeah, with a much older Clint Eastwood. Yeah, so. Listen, that's what I was saying. Like, I think that's a ridiculous thing because we have seen her. Like, you just have to say she's been with Clint Eastwood yeah. in a fucking <laughs> film. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. Because well, to, to be honest, the character's not that. Really, once again, Chase Meridian. Is it Chase it's, Meridian was written just for this film? She wasn't. Yeah, she hadn't had comic books. But she, but she's just the female, you know, um, 
she's just a, the the basic female protagonist, yeah. isn't she? Yeah, so there's not really much character development that no. goes into it. Um, yeah, Linda Hamilton. I think she was maybe a bit too right. too old, maybe I for the same know. reasons. And now in the in the previous two films, Robin was written out the, of the yeah. script due to the bloated cast, but also due to Tim Burton's minor distaste of the character. When he was still in line to direct the third film, he wanted comic Sean Wayans, most famous for playing Shorty Meeks in the scary <laughs> movie franchise, to play the boy Wonder. As soon as Joel Schumacher took the reins, his first choice was Leonardo DiCaprio. This was cut short, however, due to the f- schedule and child labour laws. Due to said child labour laws, Schumacher landed on Chris O'Donnell to play Dick yeah. Grayson. Not a bad casting. No. Um, like I said to you, Chris O'Donnell is one of those actors who was really big for a short time. Yeah. And then kind of, like I said, the only other film I'd ever seen him in was this, it was a Musketeer film with um, Kiefer Sutherland yeah. and Oliver Platt. And I think uh, Charlie Sheen was in it possibly. Uh, but then obviously he's more recently well known in, in NCIS Los Angeles, but I can't remember another film that I've actually seen him in. No. Uh, and again, it's this, it's that kind of, um, you know, he's a circus acrobat isn't he he's a, yeah. he's a high uh, he's a trapeze artist and when um, his family are killed by Two-Face he's he, got a sort of, Bruce has got to sort of get taken yeah. under his wing doesn't he yeah but what what happens is Two-Face turns up at the circus that Bruce Wayne is attending and he wants Bruce Wayne to step forward and give himself up which he doesn't do so and that leads to the death of um Dick's family. Yeah. So, so he kind of blames he blames Bruce. Yeah. For for what he did, um, but then he then he finds out that Bruce is Batman, so he obviously blames him for not stepping forward. And um, but then uh, Bruce decides to take. Yeah. He the idea is that he he's going to either go into like the social care system, mm. but then Bruce makes him his ward and almost like adopts him. Yeah. And then he his plan is then to just disappear. Then, but then when he finds out Bruce Wayne's Batman, he decides to stick around and um, help him essentially. Yeah. So he kind of forces his way into. And I don't know whether that's anything. How that is in the comic books? How that comes about? Some sort, some storylines, yeah. Yeah, because I think in the TV series it just starts with them both together. Yeah. it's never explained how they met and. I mean, I do appreciate a bit of a backstory there, but yeah. I don't know if it was the right choice. But Batman Forever began filming in September 1994, finishing early, in early 1995. Filming took place in various studios throughout Los Angeles, Jersey City, and New York City. And Batman Forever was released on June 16, 1995, to mixed reviews from critics who praised the visuals, action sequences, and performances of Carrie and Jones, but criticised the CGI, costume designs, and tonal departure from previous films. Kilmer's performance polarised critics with both positive and negative comparisons to Keaton's. Nonetheless, the film was a massive box office success, growing, grossing over $336 million worldwide and became the sixth highest grossing mm. film worldwide in 1995. Like, I said, like we said, I don't actually mind this film. I don't. I actually like this film. I do. I can, um, I can say this is a good Batman yeah. film. It is. I mean, there's, there's things that are wrong with it. Yeah, but there's things that are wrong with every film. Like, yeah. You, you, if you pick it, you can find you can find. Well, things. I think it's one of those things where people jump on the bandwagon, don't they? Yeah. And they just shit all yeah. over this film. If you actually watch it. Yeah. 
the fact that it was the sixth highest grossing film worldwide mm. in that year and it grossed more than it than the previous more film. more than the yeah previous film um yeah it was it was it was a little bit of a departure from burton's batman mm. in in the tone of the film it, it went back more back to its sort of comic book yeah roots i guess or the campy 60s tv series yeah. but that didn't overshadow the film no. i don't think and i think yeah like i say kilmer I, I felt was i think he's a brilliant batman was a really good batman and i think he had the dramatic although again it's not in all of these films the, the the real character of bruce wayne isn't really explored that much no it's just seen brooding a lot and to be fair this one though i do like how this yeah. one uh, goes more into the law surrounding his uh, yeah. parents murder doesn't it yeah because it shows him in various flashbacks mm -hmm. uh, him attending the funeral and whatnot and tells you a bit more about maybe the, yeah. the after effects of that but that's quite a, a cool thing to see isn't it but yeah, yeah I, just, I, I mean I agree about the CGI that was a little I mean it, it felt almost like an MTV yeah, video the way it was shot um, and I think it, structurally it wasn't great either it kind of jumped around yeah. a bit but all in all, like I said, I didn't mind it. I know it's it's considered one of the worst films ever made. Yeah. Uh, like I said, the only saving grace is Batman and Robin of that. Yeah. But, I, but I would say that it, yeah, it's it it gets the, it it doesn't deserve the negativity no. that is around it. I mean, I one, one thing I think it it goes in that certain tonal. Um, it knows what it's doing, doesn't it? You yeah. know, it doesn't yeah. like come in and out of it it goes straight full on like night it's almost like a 90s action movie because yeah. it is i mean the first act is is we get all batman don't we yeah foiling one of two faces plans and that's just the, the whole tone of the the movie everything's heightened uh. the action um and i feel like we said i, feel, I think jim carrey's really good as well yeah. i think people can people wouldn't know that the comic book character of riddler would be like this is so over the top but as he played right. he played it how Joel Schumacher wanted it yeah. I think Two Face Tommy Lee Jones is great anyway he's great in any role isn't he and he's great as Two Face yeah and if you if, this thing this film has a good some good antagonist good protagonist yeah action what more do you want from a Batman movie exactly and it's we we know what Warner Brothers are like yeah we've we've mentioned it before in previous they they will actually fuck up their own films yeah, basically 100% um, you know you hire somebody in to, to do a series of films and when they've delivered two of the films you say actually well we don't like the style and tone that you, mm. you do. so we bring somebody else in to, to bring in a different style and tone but try and keep some continuity yeah. and expect it to work and people to like it you know just give somebody three films and say mm. there you go you've got three films how can you how can you maintain that continuity that same just level. Don't, don't get it. If, if you chop it and change it. Warner Brothers are terrible. Yeah, they, they are. And uh, but also, I think this film is very good because it n knows when to use Batman and when to not. Yeah. And it's just it's it's refreshing as well. It's refreshing from because the previous two compared to this, maybe not nowadays, but were really dark. Yeah. And just to see this is the other end of the spectrum of Batman, and it's mm. nice to see him partner up with Robin. You know, it's yeah. always nice to see Dick Grayson. But yeah, I think this is for me personally. This is a film I'm gonna going to continue to watch because yeah. I, I really do like this film so if you, if you go into it knowing what to expect then you're not going to be let down at all so yeah. moving right now moving there on to go. the Batman and Robin 1997 
obviously with the success of Batman Forever, you are going to inevitably yeah. have another another sequel. Uh, this, again, was written by Akiva Goldsman, directed by Joel Schulmack. It stars George Clooney as Bruce Wayne, Batman, Arnold Schwarzenegger as Mr. Freeze, Chris O'Donnell as Dick Grayson, Uma Thurman as Poison Ivy, Alicia Silverstone as Batgirl, Michael Goff as Alfred Pennyworth, and Pat Hingo as Commissioner Gordon, and El McPherson as Julie Madison, who is has very brief yeah. amount of time in the film. The only the only two characters in in all four of these films are Alfred and, and Commissioner Gordon. Aren't yeah, they? and they're very different characters to to later. Yeah, so later if, we, films if we, as well. we go on about this, we're going yeah. about how we feel about Gordon yeah. and Alfred and the plot. Uh, Batman and his partner Robin attempt to foil the sinister schemes of a deranged set of new villains most notably the melancholy Dr. Freeze who wants to make Gotham into an arctic region and the sultry poison ivy a plant love femme fatale as the dynamic duo contends with these bad guys a third hero Batgirl joins the ranks of the city's crime fighters so Warner Brothers fast tracked development for Batman and Robin following the box of the success of Batman Forever now, usually you, you have about three years between yeah. sequels. So when you fast-track something, that's never a good sign, no. is it, really? Um, and Schumacher and Goldsman can see the storyline during pre-production on A Time to Kill. So they're, they're actually working on another film. You made film a fucking film in between this. In between. It's ridiculous, yeah. isn't it? And it's like, yeah, it's just... You can never expect... This thing with movies, you've got to take your time with them. Yeah. It may be disappointing to fans if the film gets pushed back, but I'll appreciate it more if mm. they get a better product. But. Yeah. Val Kilmer decided not to reprise the role of Batman over scheduling conflicts with the Saint. Um, he also didn't like the... Because what happened on this one is Batman Forever was, was, like you said before, was a PG-13. Yeah. And Warners didn't like that because they felt that you were excluding the whole demograph of... Yeah, audience, which is kids, which is most important, and to appeal to kids, that he wanted to lighten the tone even more. This yeah. is Warner Brothers for the merchandising. So, your little brat will go and watch Batman, and then beg, you know, badger his mum and daddy to buy him a, a Mister Freeze and a, <laughs> and a Batman with yeah. nipples. <laughs> so yeah, so the tone of the film was even even more comic book, more over the top. Um, Schumacher had a strong interest in casting William Baldwin, another name that's cropped up before yeah. before George Clooney. Um, now George Clooney at this time was still making ER, and I yeah. think they'd given him time off to make this film. He was probably the biggest TV star at the time and was desperately trying to get into films. Yeah, I think up to this point, the only film that I, I recognise was uh, From Dust Till Dawn. He yeah. made before this, not a, not a great film. Not one that people often talk about as a Clooney film, um, but he obviously won the role because who's not going to you know who's not going to go and watch the biggest TV star make his kind of Hollywood introduction in a Batman movie, in a Batman yeah. movie you know? Um, both David Duchovny of X Files and even Kurt Russell were also approached to play the role of the Cape Crusader. Duchovny fizzled out, and Russell turned it down. Could you see Kurt Russell in that kind I of could. role? I could. Yeah. Not, in, not in this tone of a movie, but maybe in a bit of a yeah. darker movie I could, yeah. Yeah, because he, uh, 
you certainly can play the suave kind of. He was in the executive oh, decision. Oh, he'd be, he'll, he'll he'll be a brilliant Bruce yeah. Wayne, wouldn't he? Yeah. Uh, and Mr. Freeze, who was considered Ed Harris, Anthony Hopkins, Patrick Stewart, Mr. Uh, before the script was rewritten to accommodate Arnold Schwarzenegger's casting. Schumacher decided that Mr. Freeze must be big and strong like he was chiselled out of a glacier. And Schwarzenegger, who was probably the biggest star at the time, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, was paid $25 million salary for his role. And he received again top billing, didn't he, yeah. for that? Like you said, he was the biggest star yeah. at the time. And it's another Batman movie where yeah. the antagonist gets top billing. So ninety seven, would he have would he have done Jingle All the Way, yeah. Kindergarten Cop? So is this another one of his attempts at making a sort of a more fam- family friendly? Because he he done um image the year prior he done Eraser, which was like a, a adult thriller film. Yeah. So maybe it was he was trying to get into that demographic, maybe. Yeah. Demi Moore, Sharon Stone, Julie Roberts were considered for the role of Poison Ivy. Ironically enough, during production of Batman Forever, there were talks of Nicole Kidman playing Ivy in early versions, but the character was cut, and Kidman was instead Picasso psychiatrist Chase Meredith. Thurman took the role because she liked the femme fatale characterisation of Poison Ivy. So they were going to use her in um, Batman Forever, yeah. Uh, but they cut cut the role and basically created this Chase Meridian. this yeah. non-origin original character, just just give, for it, just, just to, to accommodate her. something to do. Mm. So the original start date for filming was August 96, but principal photography did not begin until September the 12th, 1996. Batman and Robin finished filming in late January 97, two weeks ahead of the shooting schedule. The film was mostly shot at Warner Brothers Studios in Burbank, California. Batman and Robin went on to gross 107.3 million in North America and 130.9 million internationally, coming to a worldwide total of 238.2 million. Warner Brothers acknowledged Batman and Robin's shortcomings in the domestic market but pointed out success in other markets. Batman and Robin would go down in history as one of the worst superhero films of all time. Clooney himself has spoken critically of the film, saying in 2005, I think we might have killed the franchise and called it a waste of money. And I've read somewhere that he he personally will refund people who've seen the film. <laughs> I don't know if that's true or not, but it, it's kind of it's just one of those nice little sort of things to... Well, listen, Batman and Robin is legendary, isn't it? Because yeah. we hear all, all the the bad things about yeah. this movie, about mm-hmm. oh, it's the worst movie ever made. And I think, we I don't know about you, but I enjoyed this film. I did. Um, yeah. If you, t- if you say took it as, as a standalone film, maybe. Um, but I think as a series of films, it's obvious that it is the weakest yeah. one of them, I think. Um you do get to see a lot of Batman, but do you actually really want to see him? <laughs> and, yeah. You know, I think George Clooney again was was miscast. I yeah. Think. I mean, yeah. Okay, he's a TV star, but I just doesn't don't think he had the dramatic. I, um, I range. did think I, I think he lobbied for the role yeah. really hard. So he, he, you know, being TV's leading man, I think they they. They were persuaded to yeah. cast him, and maybe they they rushed to cast him. Maybe, Possibly, but yeah, yeah, like you, I don't think he he uh, has the acting ability yeah. to play Bruce Wayne. I mean, you know, Bruce Wayne is supposed to be this, this tortured soul. He always witnessed his parents murdered. Mm. Um, you know, I felt like Clooney had a smile on his face the whole time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, and it's just yeah. 
So yeah, from from that point of view, I think he was, yeah, he was just George Clooney. Yeah. I think every film that he's ever in, he's he's just, just George Clooney. George Clooney. Um, and I, I felt that it, the film was just disjointed. It, it didn't flow properly. Yeah. It was confusing at times what was going on. Um, again, it, it it sort of ran back to its comic book roots, didn't it? Mm. Um, and it was very. We we'll get the one liners and all that. Well, you know. apparently, yeah. Um, one of the conditions of Schwarzenegger doing it was he had, he he could rewrite his lines, and you could tell, can't you? And he had, I think, seventeen uh, one-liners in it. And it's just, I, I think you you got to you got to decide what what film you do you want to make. Is it yeah. going to be a dramatic action film or is it going to be a comedy film? Like you say, I mean, the, the later films do have some one-liners, but they they're not at the expense of the actual the film yeah the tension it's built up um, or not um, I mean I think Uma Thurman's brilliant as part of the movie is, yeah. and I think she's completely underrated in that I think had she been in maybe Batman and uh, Forever that maybe would have been a better film yeah I, I, like I said I, I think that you I think if if, if she wasn't a better film maybe it would be looked at like the type of performance yeah. Of Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman, I think she was really good. Probably the best performance in the film, wasn't yeah, it? Really it was. Um, I mean, the plot is is the fact that you know Doctor Freeze is trying to freeze Gotham uh, to uh, to ransom it so he can have a, enough money to continue his research to cure his wife. Yeah, who's got this um, disease? In disease. It. Who? Um, Coincidentally, um, Alfred gets the same disease, doesn't he? <laughs> and at the end of the film, he's cured by. It's just as said they can give an arc in it. That's yeah, really it's just, it's like, just cheap you know. But like I said, this is the thing. I went into it knowing about all the things they say about this yeah. movie, and I left it entertained. I was yeah. entertained because yeah. you you kind of laugh at how bad it is, you know. But yeah. I mean, to be honest, it's not as bad. No, as I thought it would be. By no way is it the worst movie um, of all time. But it just but it definitely is the yeah. weakest, and it does once again fall yeah. flat on many. It's like Doctor Freeze's hideout, right? It's it's frozen, but it's got a big lever on the wall that says heat and chill. Yeah. Why? Why have that? Because <laughs> the police come in and they turn it up to heat, yeah. and it's like just never explains just it, a, does it? A, and I think that's maybe the 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 whole film. It yeah. sets up things. Yeah. It just doesn't explain it, and yeah. just left like what the but hell just, is this? Just, just like say back to the comic book here. And what is Joel Schumacher's obsession with Bonda? Yeah, right. Bat cheeks. Batman mate. Forever. Batman and Robin. Uh, there's scenes where Batman and Robin and Batgirl are changing into their costumes, and there's a nice close up of the old bat cheeks in there, <laughs> <laughs> lingering <laughs> close up. Um, does does a costume really need an ass crack in it? No, and yeah. I don't want to see Batman's nipples. No. To be fair. <laughs> so yeah, I mean that that was another criticism, wasn't it? Yeah. The, the sort of anatomically correct bat suit with bat nipples. Um, like I said, I, I think there's there's a there's a couple of positives about this film, but yeah. once again, the negatives way outweigh the positives yeah. of the film. But at the end of the day, as somebody didn't grow up, I, I know I didn't grow up with these movies or whatnot, but I was just entertained with it. Yeah. I was laughing at it, how bad this this is, but no way is it 
as bad as people say like I said I was fully entertaining and a lot yeah. I must admit it's probably has the most action out of all the movies doesn't yeah. it so and again it's, it's it's a little bit trivia it's the first live action film to introduce Arkham Asylum it is yeah well. uh, and it's if you cool. notice in, in a few of the scenes that involve Dr. Freeze in Arkham with the two guards you see one of them is Jesse the Body Ventura yeah um wrestler turned actor obviously mate of Arnie's because he, he he made Predator with him running man and the other is a guy called Ralph Muller who was a former Mr. Universe probably most notable for his performance in Gladiator mm. as uh, the big massive German Gladiator <laughs> uh, another, probably another mate of Arnie's as well yeah. so if you want to get into films just become a mate of Arnie's <laughs> and it's the first live action film to introduce character of Bane yeah, Although yeah. he's very different to the Bane. Well, the thing, Bane in this one is much more comic. Yeah. Uh, he's much more related to the comics, whereas... Well, he's originally a criminal named Antonio Diego, and he's tr- transformed into a powerful super soldier yeah. by a strength-enhancing drug he was being given by... Um, it was um, Poison Ivy's boss, wasn't it? Yeah. ...character. Um, but yeah, no, this is much yeah. more comic accurate, but... Once again, I was just laughing at Bane because he's just a dumb idiot, isn't he? Yeah. You know what I mean? And he's played by a guy called Robert Jeep Swenson, who was a another unit wrestler a turned actor. Unfortunately, died um, uh, at the age of forty from um, steroid. Rest in peace, or a Bane. heart attack brought on by steroids. this film. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so there's 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 a few um, Coolio. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cameo in it. Um, As the most, Jonathan Crane later stating he was to reprise his role as Scarecrow, but it was cancelled because they were actually going to make two Batman Chained, wasn't it? And another film as well. Yeah, like I said, what we'll do because this is part one, part two, we'll get into all the failed uh, sequels to this, but yeah, they were, I believe they, like you said, they greenlit two. Two additional, two additional yeah. sequels, and I think yeah. they were going to have Clooney in them. But yeah, and they were going to like they introduce like the Scarecrow uh, and other characters in that as well. But like I said, we'll get into that in yeah. part two. But yeah, like I said, the takeaway from this film is yes, it's shit. Yes, it's easily the worst of the probably the worst superhero movie ever made. Mm-hmm. But it's entertaining, and I think everyone needs needs to watch this film just to see how you don't make a superhero <laughs> movie. But and the bat cheeks, of course, and I yeah. think. Yeah, don't don't forget the bat. But. <laughs> <laughs> but I think overall, yeah, um, entertaining. Um, I think. What? Well, how do you rank the, the oh the fourth film? Uh, I'd say Batman Forever. Yeah, Batman Returns, Batman eighty nine, yeah. and Batman and Robin. And I would agree. Yeah, and I, I think some people are going to be oh yeah, they're going to be writing or something, but. Like yeah, just from out outside source, us two. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a fair enough rating. Yeah, like I said, but Batman Forever, even though it's our top, it's still not. It still doesn't. No, it's not the greatest Batman. No, film, but out of, out of these out there, well, again, it's it's relative, isn't it? Because you know you, you get to 19, 1997 and you've seen Batman and Robin. Um. They're, they're the only four Batman films that have ever been made. You've got nothing else to compare it yeah. to. You're going to think, well, maybe, yeah, it was, it was a great film. Yeah. Or great. But yeah, I just... Uh, but yeah, I've, I've definitely reevaluated my 
um, my thoughts on on those. But then again, though, I reckon I'm going to get even more hate for this. The films out of those four, I'd watch as Batman Forever and Batman and Robin because yeah. they're entertaining. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? It's just simple as. Yeah. And they feel like Batman movies, but okay. Well, that's the end of part one. Yeah. So, like, like Shio says, next week we'll be exploring uh, the, the modern Batman yeah. movies. So the Nolan trilogy and also the Snyder Batman, Batman v Superman. Superman. We're not going to go into Justice League because that is an ensemble cast, yeah. I guess. And so we want to see. We just wanted to see Affleck's first outing as Batman. Yeah. Well, we'll do like our react, uh, rankings. Yeah overall and we'll talk about some failed sequels and whatnot yeah. but well yeah so hopefully you'll join us again for that it's been very good hasn't it yeah it has yeah i've been looking forward to this one yeah, I think it's been i think it's one of those subjects that that people are going to be um it's going to be you know controversial for some people i yeah. think um but some i mean people are passionate about Oh yeah, but you know, I mean it's Batman, isn't it? Yeah, you know? and every everybody knows how to make a Batman film or their Batman film, yeah. and who they would cast and how they would do it, and that's the problem I think as well. Um, is it is it right to give somebody who doesn't actually like care for the character, care yeah. for the characters, the actual? We've said this. I mean, we keep harking back to Star. Wars. We said this about Star Wars. You know, with the, with the 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 last three uh, films, you know, you had J.J. Abrahams who we thought did did a competent job, and then you know it was given to Ryan, Ryan Johnson, Johnson. Uh, who took it in a completely different uh, direction, and we just felt they didn't like like the characters no. or the franchise. Maybe that's the same with, with Batman. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure the fans are going to be the same with that. Every fan, like I said, will will know how to make a Batman film yeah. and what their perfect Batman <laughs> film is and who their perfect cast characters are and casting is. Um, but this, like I say, this is just our own opinion. Yeah. We don't have any history with, with Batman other than uh, the film. I love, have. yeah, I love the, I grew up on the Nolan trilogy, but these, these 90s, the initial Batman franchise, yeah. we don't really have any ties to it, do we? No. No, we don't even not not with the comic books or anything. No. So, um, so we're not like uber fans. So this is just our opinion on those yeah. those films, not on Batman in general. Yeah. So please don't write in. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be scared if they know I would. <laughs> I'm Batman. <laughs> I know everything. <laughs> Right, so all that's left for me to say is thank you for joining us and I hope to see you again next week. Thank you very much. Thank you. Goodbye.